and we are live. Today, we already have a different set of hosts as we are kind of making it a trend because last time I was feeling unwell. To be fair, today I'm also feeling unwell and Nathan is also feeling unwell from what he told me. Likewise. But Pumba managed to find a great excuse with his brother <laughs> getting stuck in the middle of nowhere somewhere in beautiful flat Poland. So he is not joining us because he's waiting for some auto parts, apparently. But yeah, uh, skipping that, how was how was the your time since the last episode, Nathan? It's been good. Just getting on with life as normal. Weather is taking an absolute dive here in England, so it's just everybody's getting ill, and it's raining. It's miserable. Everyone's depressed. I usual think stuff. Like the the usual experience. Usual thing, yeah. Uh, other than that, not too much different. Yourself? Have you gotten over the last two weeks? Yeah, we actually went to the Pyra Cup with Pumba. I was not supposed to be playing there, but Victor had to drop out on like last minute on Friday. So okay. I had like 20 hours to learn Volton. So thankfully they have they have like six data sheets, which makes it easy. And yeah. they are not as difficult to start with them. After playing five games with them, I can tell I'm not made to play an army that moves five inches. Fair, it just fair enough. pains me, and I need, I'm not used to needing to think so much in advance. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there is that, but you know, I've got to play a little bit, and I think I've got the drive to play a little bit more again, which wasn't a thing for me for a certain for a longer time. But now that I've played two events. I'm starting to kind of enjoy 40k again. So yes. we'll see. I'm yeah. going to an event in two weeks. Then in four weeks, we've got another Teams event where I'm taking two new prospects for Team Poland. Because weirdly enough, this weekend where we went to Pyra Cup, there were two guys that I knew their faces from there because they were for like five years in Warhammer Fantasy Battle Polish national team. Okay. And then they were in the Polish national team for X-Wing for like four consecutive years. And now they switched to 40k. So I was like, you know what? I might give them a try. Because yeah. that's a decent history, if I might say. Yeah, as so long as they learn the game. Yeah. All good. Yeah. You don't need to worry about the mental and such. So yeah, yeah we'll see. Uh, and then next week i'm going to edinburgh for a five-man team event with my son brian ines and chris oh, yeah. so we're fun. gonna take some weird armies i hope that warhound titan actually is found in in scotland <laughs> so i can play it uh that's there's weird lists and then there's extreme lists <laughs> so yeah see if that works extreme there yeah. you say yeah definitely because uh, aren't they even banned at WTC? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But uh, might as well try where you can. With a change of how towering works, they must be good, right? Sure, definitely. But so this week's episode, yeah. we are going to be focusing on on an event I went to last weekend called Battle of Britain. So this was a six-man team event, which is actually relatively uncommon it seems to be four five or eight uh but this one was six we had 10 teams 
three English teams, uh, three Scottish teams, three Welsh teams, and one Northern Ireland team. In the end, what we decided to do as Team England was, well, the original plan, I'll go through what actually happened. The original plan was to have a couple of people who were either already on the team or were part of the coaching staff be split over the three teams. And then you take people who are generally interested in being on Team England and or basically prospects that might even make the team split over those three teams. What actually ended up happening is one team became a bit of a super team because they had three active, three members of the team went to the WTC and played last year. Another member of the team had two golds and a bronze at the WTC, or sorry, ETC at the time. Uh, and then two of the stronger prospects coming into it. Uh, so, spoiler alert, uh, they could do quite well. Uh, but... Uh, at first, I will go through my team's lists, uh, and then I'll kind of give a brief overview of how we did, and a brief overview of uh, how I personally did. But obviously, we'll go through some of the other Team England lists, because obviously, we ended up playing both of them. So it'd be good for context to see what their lists were. So, so from what I got, let me interrupt you quickly. Mm -hmm. So from what I, what I got, it was mostly like a field test event that yes. you guys wanted to just try out, play some fun games. And that's also what I got from the England Lions podcast, Lions Den, something like that. That's what uh, where Chewy with Adam and Chris are doing a series of podcasts. We'll see how well will they stick to it. But yep. fingers crossed, because I actually enjoyed some good 40k competitive content. But from what they said, it's mostly for you guys to try out new people and try out new armies. And that's where, before you get to the list, I'm like curious how much of you guys try to go for armies that are weird. Because you know that everything you test now will to some extent transfer to next WTC, right? So it how much be, yeah. did you take into account playing armies that you for sure know that they won't get the codex till next WTC. How did you guys approach it? Did you have the higher order from higher ups or? So the three teams, the three teams were left to their own devices. Overall though, there was an, like an overview of each of the team captains and uh, Josh, because he's very involved in the team, were able to see all of the individual private chats as well. Uh, with the with the idea that nobody would copy lists, that kind of idea. Nobody would tell anybody thing. And that's pretty much what happened. Um, so the idea was that the captains were going to choose. Now, my particular captain chose that we, he would like to win the event. So we did gear a little bit more towards what you would maybe want to take for the top six uh, rather than necessarily testing weird and wacky lists. However, some of the other England teams were a little bit more experimental with their lists. I know Tony's team definitely had more interesting lists like um, they had Vanguard Tyranids trying them out. Uh, Tony's Dark Angels list was quite different 
to the other two England Marine lists, which were both relatively similar. Uh, but overall, yeah, we kind of felt we would take more of what we felt is like the top six uh, kind of lists for our team. Uh, should I jump into the list? Yeah, go for it. So our team is called Ingerland, uh, but say it louder and more yobbish. Um, so we'll start off with Ed, who is on Grey Knights. Uh, so I'll give a rough idea. We took Grey Knights, Tau, Chaos Knights, CSM, uh, Eldar, and Marines. Which you would kind of argue is some of the top six. Yeah, probably missing Voltank. Yeah, so rather than Voltan, we had like Tau. Uh, but we had a player who specializes in Tau, like Mr. UK Tau player. So, Ed's list with Grey Knights. I'll try and run these, through these quite quickly. Apologies, they're not up on screen. Uh, but we've got a brother captain with Sigil, uh, three single librarians, Castell and Crow, Drago, 10 Terminators, da, 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 da. A strike squad, another strike squad, a 10-man paladin squad, and a 10-man purifier squad. So this is the like purifier bomb type thing. Two big blocks of terminators with some strike squads. Loads of characters. Libby's are kind of operating individually by themselves. As one of the only sources of anti-tanking the army. Yeah, it's like the main source of the damage of the list. But Inevitably, it actually did pay out quite well. It played some lists. I think he did quite well into Eldar. Uh, he lost a couple of games to CSM, but overall did well. Um, we had Mark Pocock, who took Dark Angels, version of Space Marines. Like, this is where... But uh, all three of the teams took Dark Angels, but after all of us playing them, definitely Blood Angels is the better option. Uh, the Dark Angels gave some useful things just to put the uh, what's it called? The uh, shrouding land speeder thing in. Dark Shroud, yeah. Uh, yeah. The Dark Shroud in, which we thought would be like quite optimum in the end, kind of helps you for one or two turns. After that, it's quite expensive, doesn't really do a lot, to be honest. And like forces I mean, you to play in one spot, which is less than ideal. Exactly. So having the option granted, say for example, Atlanta have just FAQ'd some things that maybe affects the Blood Angels list. Having Lamartis with a big unit death company is a big thing to have in your list, I think. Gives you really especially on WTCC terrain or heavier terrain. So I definitely see like Blood Angels probably being the more That is interesting to hear because Leshu was playing Blood Angels in the uh... mm. Not Iron Storm, but the Spear Flame Storm. I don't know the one Salamanders, and he was rather cold on the Death Company after his games. Although it? he got to play Eldar three times, and he hated every second of it. Well, so. yeah, that is fortunately part of the game. But uh, so yeah, the Dark Angels, uh, Lieutenant with a combi weapon, Tech Marine, Tech Marine with. Target Augury Web, Master of the Machine War on two of those. Then Adept of the Omisar. Then we've got 
is it two Inceptor squads, two Ballistus Dreadnoughts, Dark Shroud, Triple Redemptor Dreadnought, because that seems to be the most common thing these days. Uh, three Scout squads, three Whirlwinds. So a lot of the Marines, I think me and Puma discussed it last week, a lot of the Marines do kind of fall between the same units. Redemptor Dreadnoughts, mm -hmm. Whirlwinds, Triple Scouts. Inceptors, I think, are the best thing in the book. So I would normally see at least nine yeah. to 12 Inceptors. I'd be, even be tempted by one unit of six. Uh, Which works better in the Salamanders. Sure, yeah. We've got my list, which was, this is super easy, one Stalker with sticky objectives, six Carnivals, six Brigands, because I didn't have the Demon Allies. Uh, what else have we got? We got Kyle Grundy on Tau. So he's got Orn Var, a commander in Cold Star with the exemplar of the Kalyon. Another commander in the Cold Star. Breacher Squad, Devilfish, Devilfish. Broadside Team, Crisis Battlesuit, big unit of Crisis Suits, another big unit of Crisis Suits, Pathfinder Team, uh, Piranhas, one, two, three single Piranhas, two or three Tetris, yeah, three Tetris. So, relatively standard kind of Tau stuff. Yeah. Uh, How did it work for you? I'm rather cold on Tau right now. They were kind of useful in pairings of just they never really lost big and they give you some some useful pairings but i'm personally i'm cold on tower right now i just feel like in a fixed meta they give away too many points for people my, who are trying to yeah. yeah my reasoning for me is that they were good in more of a death star meta yeah, and with cool. us moving to more MSU transporty meta, that's where the issue stands for Tau. Because activation locking is something that Tau just cannot deal with. No, they can't. And I think the more the MSU game expands, the weaker Tau feel, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I uh, do not have them in my 8, for example. No, I would... Yeah, Tau, tau are going to be... For me personally, dependent on the meta, like you say, if there's Death Stars or they do a very specific role, go back in. Until then, I probably wouldn't take them over something like Votan. No. Uh, but then again, not everybody has a Votan army. They've only just got good again. Then we've got our glorious captain, Chris Kinnair, uh, a Baden of CSM, a Baden, uh, a Corn Lord with the Talisman of Burning Blood, a Chaos Lord of Undivided. Cultist Mob, uh, one Rhino, the 10-man Terminators, five Chosen that are Corn, and then five Chosen that are Undivided, and then one, two more, sorry, Forge Fiends, two Warp Talent units, and then with Demon Allies, he's got three Nurglings, Sissus, uh, because whatever the fuck the name is, uh, Sislisk or whatever her name, Celesk. Uh, but absolutely, yeah, Celesk, uh, and then the Blue Scribes. So obviously, leading up to that, we were wondering: Do you put the 
demons in the CK or the CSM. Definitely makes the CSM stronger. Massively makes the CK stronger. Um, I was outvoted. Uh, I think it overall for a team, demons in CK is better. But I again, think kind of works better. I got the absolute pleasure last weekend to get wetioed by Liam VSL. And seeing that army play, he had only blue scribes in it. I completely feel like they might as well not be in that army and it will still work as well. Yeah, and I think they can that, still take stuff. Yeah, like it genuinely feels like for that price point, you might as well take, I don't know, Dark Commune with the eye for generating CP Something. or st stuff like that rather than starving your other armies because. CK, I still think CK can play without demons, but for example, I think if you are even looking at Death Guard, you need to have demons for Death Guard. Yes, yeah, Death Guard yeah. have to have them because they don't have enough units otherwise. CK, I kind of felt so. I'll go through my matches a bit later. Um, I felt I was probably bar one of the games. I think I lost about two points a game, not having the demon allies. Um, oh, sorry. Last list in our team, which is a bit of an oddball list. So this was one we were testing, was Eldar. Uh, well, Eldar's not a test, but Autark with Wayleaper, Farseer. Obviously, the Wayleaper's got Phoenix Gem. A Farseer Skyrunner, Spirit Seer, Spirit Seer, and a third Spirit Seer. Give away that. And then, um, is it actually on his list? Young Khan's in there somewhere. Definitely has Young Khan. Um, a single Night Spinner, a unit of Rangers, one, two, three units of Hawks, and then 30 Wraith Guard. Oh, sorry. Doesn't have Young Khan. We dropped Young Khan for 30 Wraith Guard. Yeah. That doesn't seem like it fits. No, it didn't. No, we didn't have Young Khan. Uh, yeah, it was 30 Wraith Guard, so that we were testing that with the idea of can it play other Eldar? Can it play um, just bully certain matchups even more? And actually, in some cases, it actually was interesting to take on the team. We actually had James probably didn't feel like he was a aggressive enough player to use it. Mm -hmm. But then again, still scored 83 points, which was good. Um, Expected from Eldar, to be fair. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we got to see it into some of the... I don't think we got to see it versus another Eldar list, because that would have been interesting if you have an Eldar list that could beat another Eldar list. Because he played uh, CSM. Did he play CSM? Don't think so. I think he actually just prayed and got a point. Like, I remember, he, I think he played two CK armies and pushed their shit in. Because uh, they didn't even yeah, have demons. Th either. That one is in unplayable. For I CK think he played Necrons. Okay, that one I would still wager Necrons win, but... I think it was 20-0. Um, okay. Yeah. But then there's player skill and other things. But uh, overall... Team did really well. Um, I guess I'll go through my own personal experience first. Yeah. So I took Chaos Knights without the demons. 
I actually had quite a tough weekend, uh, but I'd, I'm not completely happy with my performance, but I felt I did a good job for the team. Weren't you like sent three times into Eldar? Yeah, so I played Eldar three times. So first game, I played Commie Bob, who used to play for Team England, has played Tau. I've known Bob since I was 14, so I've known him like 17 years. Mysterious um, Bob. Mysterious Bob. And very good player. And I was he was using Tau. Uh, Hammer and Anvil uh, playing the Disappearing Objectives. Uh, so I get last turn, so that's kind of cool, so I can get the 15 on the last turn. Uh, the only problem I had was obviously he he had smaller crisis units, but I had this down as like 11 to 12 points because he did actually have three broadsides and two sky rigs. So he did actually have a, a, a modicum of anti-tank in there. And he got to pick the board. He had some decent fire lanes. So you know what? I'll take 11 to 12. What ended up happening in this game was... Because I don't have the demons, I did have to screen out a little bit to deal with to stop crisis suits getting behind me. And so I pushed with the other 10 knights. And first turn, I was cautious, didn't really lose anything, held some primary. Then the turn that I came out with 11 of the 13 knights, he dropped five. So push kind of over. So I had a Sky Ray dropped one by itself. Then that exploded, did three wounds to the knight next to him. The broadside downed that himself. So I lost two there. That one exploded, did some wounds to some other knights. Then a crisis unit basically killed a knight. Then he had some like piranhas and some little things, finished that knight off. He also exploded, did some wounds the next night. <laughs> uh, and then I had one knight who was on like six wounds where he put like a ghost keel into it and a sky ray. So in the end, uh, four of the five knights that got shot exploded and basically I lost four whole knights and then one knight on six wounds. So I was like, uh, the push is kind of over at that point. So yeah. it was kind of hide behind the terrain pieces pick off anything that got too close, did fixed objectives pretty comfortably, and then effectively it ended 10-10. Like, it was a difference of two points because I got the 15 at the end, and I was like, oh, okay, fine. So, you know what, I'll take 10-10 against Tau. If the push goes my way, I think it's like 12-13, maybe 14, um, if I can get into the right things. Uh so yeah, yeah, and I think okay. also if he had like sky rays, it makes the matchup slightly better for him. The regular yeah. six three three squads of crisis or the list with more breachers are actually worse into CK than the yeah. more anti-tech. So those matchups I would wager you'd win more, but this one yeah. you could bounce off. The other ones, it's way harder for you to bounce off. Yes, definitely. I think um if it's the breacher version or the crisis heavy version, I would kind of put my matrix down as definitely with the demons being like 14, about 14 plus. Then for the 
non-demon version like 13 realistically because they just don't have the high damage shots like crisis units can kill suit can kill knights but again it's you're winning on fives no re-rolls that kind of thing it's less prolific um so yeah 10 10 and to tout uh next game against the mighty brian himself with eldar um i don't think he'd played chaos knights very much because he had me down as like 15 plus in his pairings uh i have played eldar quite a few times and little bits of luck went my way little bit of luck went his way uh it ends 10 10 which i'll take 10 10 against eldar a couple of the highlights of the game it's the mission where you create your own objectives ritual yeah yeah still don't know the names of the actual things i just know what they do uh on the first turn i was making an objective and he phantasmed Jürgen towards me i was like screw making the objective i'm just going to charge Fjurgen. uh punched him in the face and then he rolls a one doesn't get back up so i'm like sweet kill Fjurgen for losing no knights then his young Khan popped over uh kills one knight i would then proceed to shoot four sustained hit brigands and have two carnivores well sorry one carnivore ready to charge it four sustained brigands do two wounds uh so awesome and don't forget the wtc you don't you don't have melter so if you get any melters through you get four damage and i think it was also ruled for the atlanta so this is the rules as written this is rules as written so yeah yeah so none of the melters went through we got you stopped all of them just didn't do anything uh i think the every failed one is at least five damage exactly and also, even the Gatlings themselves, because obviously I've lined up, he hasn't got any cover. He's on a four plus save. Even four Gatlings with the sustained hits should still do like six wounds to it. So it's just like, and I did two. Uh, and, and all the top pods as well, because you have to shoot everything at them. Yeah. Um, so fun times. I'm like, well, that kind of sucks. Uh, but then again, he played quite aggressively, which meant that I was not scoring my cards in the first few turns. But there was one turn where I think he maybe got too aggressive. And had that turn gone well, I think I would have rolled over his list. Because that turn that I shot the young Khan with four brigands and had a carnivore to charge. I actually charge. I was able to charge the wraith guard block with uh, three carnivores, a stalker, and they were already in combat with a carnivore. Brigand. Oh, okay. With a carnivore. So it was one of those. If the young Khan falls over to the shooting and the wraith guard fall over to the combat, he literally has nothing left because Fjorgen's already dead at this point. So I think I roll over him. Uh, what ended up happening was, obviously, minus one to wound, got a few misses, made him take still quite a lot of saves on the Wraith Guard unit, but in the end, he passed 80% of his five-up saves. So I think I killed four with four Carnivals and a Stalker. 
So I was like, well, that kind of sucked. Um, but then again, I say, pass all the saves, that does include you can use fate dice for a save, you can turn a save to a six. Yeah, so on average, you should kill seven after he passes out the passes two. Yeah, so I killed four. Uh, yeah. It happens. So it then became a little bit more. Young Khan then did a charge on two knights, and Brian again was a little bit unlucky. He split his attacks onto two knights. One knight was wounded. In the end, he didn't kill either of them, and actually those two... He'd taken some more wounds at that point. Two carnivores actually punched her back and killed her. So, in his turn, meaning then I took two carnivores to then, like, launch at him. No. So it ended up being... I ended up end-scoring quite a lot with 15-15 on primary, uh, denying him down to, like, 5 and 0 on primary, and then getting, like, 20-something points in card. So, so... Can you give like quick summary why Chaos Knights is not doomed into Eldar? Because I think this is this might be worthwhile for anyone listening because it's not as bad as people say. No, I actually with the Demon Allies feel that CK is somewhat or I don't want to say favored, but I would put it between the 10 and 12 point. Between the 9 and 12 point. Like if Eldar make a mistake, you exploit way better. Yeah, on WTC on WTC terrain, you have the ability with the indirect and everything else, where he has to really trade well to win that game. So if Young Khan kills a knight and then dies, because actually with that much Melter, you basically have to set up traps. You don't run at Eldar because he's just going to pick you up. You never shoot the Wraith Guard. You don't go anywhere near the Wraith Guard until you can, unless you can get like four charges at them. You don't even bother going anywhere near them. So then it becomes yeah. a case of you can use a lot of the terrain on a lot of the tables to basically set traps. If he moves anywhere near you, basically what you have to try and make them do is they have one turn where they have to either choose, I'm going to go super aggro and phantasm forward. Or they go, I don't want to lose the Wraith Guard, and they Phantasm back. As soon as they Phantasm back, they lose the game. Because you pick up all the little bits of scoring. Once you pick up Fjörgen and Yonkan and all the little bits of scoring, which is like two or three, you kill the Farseer first turn with the indirect. So Yonkan could fall over quite easily then without the minus one to wound. Then you kind of get to a point where if I'm sat on objectives and doing cards, and once I kill all your little things... You do have to start doing your secondaries with your more important units. Then it becomes like actually you are you're significantly taking points off in every game this weekend, and especially against Eldar. Always reserve one brigand and one carnivore. I in every single game I rapid ingressed one carnivore into a position where it's like okay, it's, you're actually going to struggle now, and then that allows me to bring a brigand on for usually where the young Khan's coming on. So he might come over. Basically, you just have to put all your knights in a place where if anything comes over, anything tries to interact with you, you get loads of knights interacting back at them. Because they have no long-range shooting. And if their knight spinners don't roll well, sometimes they roll bonkers, sometimes they roll shit. If they don't roll well, and you avoid the Wraith Guard with the terrain and staying out of 18, and just going round everything, then 
you actually feel it's not an awful matchup. You actually feel pretty good in that game. And to be honest, if they start chasing the game and not trying to get the draw, Josh has had it where he's beaten Eldar consistently. Matt Morsoli has shown in events that he can also beat Eldar. So no. I actually think it's that's not a bad matchup for CK. So obviously going through the three game, all the rest of my games, I played another Eldar army, identical list. The only difference was he had Phoenix Gem on the Farseer, not Wayleaper. So for that game, I decided to try Fixed because I'm like, well, I'm playing Eldar again. I'll see if Fixed is better than cards. What actually ended up happening is Fjorgen didn't get back up and the Farseer didn't get back up. So I actually lost eight points on Assassinate. So I was like, ah, shit. So I only got 12 points for Assassinate. Um, and three times in that game, I did Knight on six wounds. Night Spinner kills it. One Night Spinner kills it. Another time, has six wounds left. A Night Spinner kills it. And then on the last turn, I'm burning one of the objectives. He's got four Wraith Guard to shoot me. I've got multiple CP, so I rotate it. Four Wraith Guard shooting a Knight. Makes me take one six. And then I've got a four plus Invun, and I've got CP to re-roll it. I pass the Invun. So one goes through. He uses the Fate Dice, so I take six damage. Uh, sorry. He rolls it, I take four damage. So I've got eight wounds left. He's the guy, so he's going to be the last two points for his, bring it down, and I get five points of burning the objective. And he's also in a carnivore in a good position. And then the night spinner rolls four sixes. It's like, so he dies. So I'm like, okay. So that ended up being a 10-10. Again, that could have gone my favor because he actually played very defensively with his Wraith Guard. And in the end, all he had left was a night spinner and the Wraith Guard unit. It's a full unit, but like I've killed everything else around it because warp spiders fall over. Once Young Khan's dead, warp spiders can't really go anywhere; they just get shot. Uh, same with swooping orcs. Gatlings just rinse them, that kind of thing. Uh, and CK feel really good on WTC tables because that strat is just so phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, and the third time I played Eldar, it actually ended up being eighteen two to me. Uh, because we played on the four objective mission. Yeah. And it the only table he had to pick from was the one, I don't know if, if people are not familiar, there's one where in that particular mission, you've got two nine-inch ruins directly on oh, top no. of. So I went first and went, there's three knights hidden on that objective, and there's two knights hidden on that objective. So these are mine. So I get 12 for primary every turn, and you get two for primary every turn. I literally don't have to do anything. Uh, I'm going so to you just sat there and waited. No, I interacted a bit. Obviously, he then has to chase the game. He has to come into stuff. But then again, with that terrain, I was also able to be like, well, there's, I'm literally hiding five carnivores. So if your Wraith Guard come anywhere near me, cool. So then... Once Yunkan died, I did some outflanking, picked up some in the like two or three turns, I picked up all his little units with indirects and everything else. And obviously wherever he wherever those little guys died, he could bring Yunkan over, but then you're gonna get shot by other things. So it was one of those this game was just it was just one of those ones where it felt very comfortable. 
and I've just dominated you on primary. Because it was actually quite nice that I don't have to go anywhere in the centre. Because then the Wraith Guard, yeah. what he should have done was gone, I am happy to lose the Wraith Guard unit by the end of the game. But if I clear an objective and take four or five knights with me, because if they have to, if they start going that way, I do kind of have to run away from the Wraith Guard block. But then again, he could have also got charged by five carnivores and lost it to nothing. And then the game's mine anyway. So, yeah, that ended up being, I basically, I think I beat him by two or three points on cards and then beat him by 40 on primary. So, 18-2. Uh, and then my final game, which isn't to Matt Robertson with the new Marines. Uh, mm -hmm. So, it's my first time playing them. Uh, they're a lot better than I thought they were on paper. There's loads of little... He was playing the Iron Storm? Yes, yeah. So, so Iron Pens. Yeah, so we had the Three Dreads, the um, Dark Angel Speeder, then uh, three Tech Marines, three Whirlwinds, three Inceptor Squads, three Scout Squads, uh, and then the Assassin as well. Uh, so it's just a lot of deep striking stuff around, but I have this in my matrix as if it starts going my way, it's like 13 plus, but I would naturally put it as a winning side of a draw. So 11, 12, mm -hmm. and I end up getting two. Now I have in all, my, I've been playing since I was 10 years old, 21 years. I have never been diced that badly in a game of 40k. Both me can't me not being able to roll a save for all those three damage shots and him just getting to do everything he wanted to do. So here's some of the highlights of the game. I shoot a a uh, brigand into one of the dreadnoughts. And take exactly seven wounds off it so it gets to shoot me and it kills me back uh so okay four shots four hits four wounds or four failed saves awesome dead i was like okay that's annoying but let's carry on a that wounded dread i charged with a carnivore i did no damage and he took nine wounds off me and it's then stuck in the middle of his army. So he just like tech marine pistols and like the hunter killer off a thing. So I lose another knight to doing no damage to a dreadnought. Okay. At this point, I'm also shooting him with brigands in melter range and not doing anything. Then I was like, well, it can't happen again. So I charge a carnivore into a dreadnought. I do no damage. And I take another nine wounds. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> does this. So I shot him once and lost a knight. And I charged him twice and lost 18 wounds off carnivores for the sake of effectively seven wounds on one dreadnought. So those dreadnoughts just went rampant. And it was then, it was just little things like, granted, he set up multiple things to maybe shoot something, but it was. Three Inceptors, shoot a knight. Take nine wounds off it. Dreadnought finish. Uh, Whirlwind finishes it. Okay. They then shoot another knight. Take nine wounds off it. The third unit of Inceptors kills it. So I'm like, okay. 
So my I go first. My first three turns of shooting, I just about kill three Dreadnoughts, two Scouts, and the Speeder. In his three turns of shooting, he kills ten Knights. So I was like, ah, shit. There's nothing I can do about this. All my stuff is falling over. So it's one of those, I would still put this down as favorable in my matrix, but it can be a bit volatile. It's a lot of three damage. But without, with pretty much wounding on fives and other than Inceptors not really getting a lot of reroll to wound, but then having obviously some auto wounds, it's, it, it can do damage. But I think if I go forward and in one or two turns rinse those Dreadnoughts, the board control kind of dies a little bit, and then I just run yeah. into the whirlwinds. So I think it should go my way. So that was the disappointing result that I had. So 10 against Tau, 10 against two Elder armies, 18 against Eldar, and then two against things. So I ended up on 50 out of 100, uh, and technically only winning one of my games. Uh, so, yeah, and that was the last game I played. So the first four games, I'm like, I would really like to actually win a game. But I did have to play Eldar three times, and I'll take I'll take 38 out of 60 against Eldar, yeah. I'll be honest. Yeah. Because it also just blunts their score for the team. Exactly. So overall, our Chaos list went out and smashed. Um, our Marine list was put forward a lot and did a job and got like 40. Uh, GK got preyed upon a couple of times, but also preyed a couple of times. Got a decent score. Uh, Tau got around the 50-point mark as well, so not bad. Um, although I think the Tau, we put a couple of times into things like Marines, and it just didn't... I think Marines are maybe a little bit too tough for Tau um, and the indirect and such. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so overall, our team came second. Because we played the team that came first, England Lions. And for shits and giggles, we decided to do absolutely random pairings. We put our six pieces of paper out with all our armies on. And then Tony from the third team came over and randomly put them together. And I actually feel like we actually won those pairings. Uh, thanks to the luck of the gods. But with my game going that way. and one of our other games getting pretty badly diced as well, we ended up losing that round. So that was unfortunate. But then again, had we paired properly, probably wouldn't have gone our way anyway. Yeah, I can see. You guys weren't even close with you with you or without you getting diced. So in the end, yeah. Yeah, because we had like Manny played Grey Knights. So, yeah, and he won 17 3. Yeah, he just pushes Grey Knights and Grey Knights fall over. It's technically 19 1 because Manny didn't paint his army uh, for the first day because his niece hid his Forge Fiend somewhere in the house. So, at four o'clock in the morning, when he was packing his army, he was just like, Where the F is my Forge Fiend? So, he's had to borrow somebody's just spray painted one. Uh, so we actually lost 10 points per game. Still got 20, 20, 17 somehow. But that's just Manny doing Manny things. And yeah, so our Grey Knights lost 
badly to CSM, which it kind of will because it's the accursed version. Uh, we had Nassim playing double Wraith Guard into our Tau. Our Tau actually got five points out of that, but I think he was kind of lucky to get five points out of that. We had me playing against Marines. I would have hoped to get 12 out of that and again two. Uh, CSM played Orcs, uh, got 16-4. Orcs find it very difficult to deal with the turn they lock. Just, yeah. CSM in general just go for Orcs. Yeah, it does, yeah. Like, originally I was wondering if Orcs had a decent amount of trading into CSM, but they just don't. CSM just hate AFC, minus one AP. Just, yeah. It's just a nightmare for them. And then I think our other two games were not great for us either. Can't remember what our Marines played. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, we lost to the winners. But we beat other teams relatively. I don't think we smashed anybody, but we consistently beat other teams that we played. Yeah. yeah. So good result on your end. Let, let us quickly go through the remaining two teams that ended up on top. So yes. let me share my screen. Uh, and let me share these lovely slides that are very professional as you are used to where you're watching or listening to our show. So the CSM list uh, from England Lions was, uh, that's you guys, right? No, that's, no, that's money. Yeah, that's a uh, Robo's team, uh, but this is Manny playing this list. So yeah, this list is like absolute push. Triple Chaos Lord, triple Dark Commune, two Rhinos, triple Accord Cultist, full squads, then five five Chosen, Forge Fiend, five five Warp Talents, and three three Nerdlings. So it's just all in your face, one Forge Fiend on the board, which I think is interesting to talk about. Because after my game with Liam VSL and then sitting in the evening with him and Arnizer from Team Germany, we actually came to similar conclusion that people are overly investing into obliterators and forge fins, in our opinion. And we yeah. got and we got into maybe not the triple accursed cultist line, but the line with more melee as well, or like the more rubrics. I think we are currently in one of our screens against France, if I'm not mistaken. We're testing five Rhinos full of Marines sure. and the Forge Fiend. Like, I'm still, I still maintain I like two Forge Fiends. I think in this list, you could drop five Chosen, five Talons, three Nurglings, put a Forge Fiend in, and then put Blue Scribes in. The only problem is then two Rhinos feels a bit shit with only five dudes and six dudes in one of them yeah so do you drop the rhino so you can get some other stuff in so it's you can play around with some stuff i like two forge fiends because in some games they just win um i'm not sure you need the 10 man chosen i don't like that overkill it seems overkill i still feel like you win against necrons by just shoving everything into the squad yes exactly I personally like taking a um, Master of Possession 
because I think it gives you the option. He's got an extra two. He has a eight inch move rather than a six inch move. So getting out of a rhino with a squad, you get eight inches out, and he also gives you plus one to advance and charge. So effectively gives you an extra four inches. So sometimes with the ten man chosen, it's quite nice to. I know you lose the Lord who is most of the damage, but if the 10-man chosen is probably killing a lot of things these days, you can then just be like, well, on WTC terrain, a Rhino, getting that extra four inches out, the threat range is a lot nicer on that kind of thing. Yeah. But it's whether you have the 80 points spending on another character. I really, I really, really like the rubrics in this army. Yeah, yeah. So... With the rhino hatches and the damage you can deal with it, and because then, because you normally cannot dark pack through bricks, but the rhino that is using their weapons, you can. Yes, you can. Yeah, you got the so, guns out of the top, and they're technically Nurgle then, so they also yeah, you get the yes, exactly. They are five six. So yeah, and then you also really get like, like you get the bringing the dude back, so. Somebody puts something into it, you lose a dude behind a wall, you can't finish them. CP brings it, it gives you back. Overwatch so chaff cannot just steal away your objective. Someone needs to push something yeah. more meaty. Yeah, I really liked it. Uh, yeah, having my ass handed to me, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this one list, the, the another one was the one you played. So yeah. this is quite obvious approach of iron storm with triple tech marine three times three plasma serptors dark shroud three redemptors three times five scouts three whirlwinds and a Kalidus. so i don't like shroud as we talked about it at the beginning yeah. i think with the army i really liked what skark was doing with repul source i think this might be something that people are sleeping on so what did you put in them scouts Okay, because um, Tony was taking... Oh, we'll go over his list later. Um, yeah, he was taking repulses with stuff in them, which he liked. At least it worked, at least it worked for Scar. So mm -hmm. this is nothing surprising in the army. Uh, moving forward, there's the Grey Knights, which I think is interesting because I see a lot of versions of Grey Knights happening around. So there's Stern... Three Librarians, Drago, 10 and 5 Terminators, 5 and 5 Strike Marines, and 10 Paladins. And I was surprised that's the end of the list, but I guess that's the Grey Knight life. That is it. Yeah, that is pretty standard. Uh, I think Grey Knights do a job now. I think they're quite good. They would be one of the ones that probably make an 8. Uh, I don't think they're getting a Codex before. No, they are not. So they could still be around for next year's WTC. Um, so depends. It's it's always nice to have like a mortals list that's good at cards on a team, I think. And also, I think from what we saw from the French events, they were pretty good into Eldar. They had some positive results. Yeah, which makes perfect sense. Yeah. And that's what we got from our tests as well. Then moving forward, there's the Eldar. So this is Nassim version with double Farseer, double Raveguard, Spinner. And that list is playing the behind enemy lines, Homer. Basically, yeah. Fixed approach to the game. Quite straightforward. Then we have the Orc list, which is 
something interesting. What I'm really interested about when I'm looking at your scores, guys, is you played no word eaters. And yeah, I sorry. and I think you guys might be sleeping on them. Because in our games, they except when Pumba is beaten by a 12-year-old child that careens into his deployment zone. I'm not I'm not even kidding. That was a thing. Pumba lost 17-3 to a 12-year-old that careened <laughs> to kill uh, a an aid band on on an objective that Pumba was burning in his opponent deployment zone that was doing also capture enemy outpost and behind enemy lines. So that track carrying like 11 inches into that side, popped three mortal wounds that Aidbound failed all of his funeral pains, and that was like 22 point swing. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe I didn't get as badly as diced uh, against Robert. <laughs> Pumba, like we left. No remorse for Pumba. We are he had a rough day afterwards. Sure. Uh, and the kid was so happy. Well, yeah. He, he was so happy that he careened. Uh, <laughs> there was also a situation of Angron charging the great white shark guy, uh Mozrox, Kragbat, something like that. Oh yeah. That was on one wound, failing to kill it with Angron and dying. <laughs> Okay, yeah, maybe I didn't get as badly dust. Uh, and then Pumba uh, had another game against Space Wolves where he charged 10 infiltrators, killed four with Angron, and then next turn he charged another 10-man squad and killed five. So just to remind you, it's like either 10 or it was 17 and 18 saves on fives with AOC. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Um... <laughs> so Pumba had a very fun weekend. I thought you were trying to sell World Eaters to me. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, but to be fair, they work great. And I yeah, think I like them are. a lot. I think it's um, I just don't. I'm trying to think of anyone in our the 18 people that we took uh, prolific World Eaters players or like. Happy Wasn't Army. Robo playing them for a moment? Uh, he played them for a bit. Um, we looked. One of our one of our players has like the jackal list. We've thought about taking the jackal list but i think it was too much pain to get other things like i think um especially my team we flapped around on lists quite a lot so depending on what the other teams are doing it was whether they felt like they could get either any games or any practice with it but yeah i think definitely for eight world eaters make it uh the less you take i'm not sure but to be fair, when I was thinking about factions, because we had seven-hour drive with Skarg, because I got we got pulled over twice for no reason, uh, so we had a lot of time to spend talking while waiting for a policeman to valid to make sure that his driver license is valid for some reason. I don't know, man. Uh, we figured out that there's maybe like fifteen factions you can consider for eight months now, so yes, the field yeah, is quite open. But yeah, orcs yeah. being the next army with Badruk with his flash kits, 50 boys in in five tracks, mm -hmm. and Badruk in the another track, Warboss in Mega Armor with five Mega Nobs, Warboss with, I assume, 10 Nobs in one of the tracks, maybe, three yeah. times five Storm Boys, and the infiltrating Gretchen that just charged you into your deployment zone round one with Zod Grot and 10 Gretchen. 
Yeah. I quite like Oryx nowadays. I think they have a lot yeah. of good matchups, but I don't like the track list anymore. I think with the mm. with how everyone is getting more into the transporty approach, Oryx feel worse compared to say Voltan or CSM or yes. Sisters yeah. in that gameplay. And yeah. I think there are other ways to explore it. Currently, we're exploring the full the squeak hog boys approach and it's working quite well so far yeah orcs are kind of in that place where as the game became a bit more msu it just feels a little bit like they're not smashing too many people yeah. but they do have some bad matchups uh the the two england guys who were playing orcs they did kind of well i think one's got like 55 and one got like 63 predominantly put forward uh but they had some good scoring games against say like eldar which was interesting um just i think eldar maybe do struggle a little bit with having to deal with that much stuff if you just block primary and block or kill all the stuff doing the secondaries yeah he trades pretty well uh so yeah i think it is now that orcs are in a good place but they would be one of like the last picks i would take because they just don't necessarily offer too much in pairings and then we have the tau shadow sun cold star one crisis commander direct strider ethereal two broadsides six and three crisis where some of them have plasmas yep ghost kill hammerhead Two times crude hounds, two reptites, two times free stealths, and no tetras. Uh, I'm not buying it. Like, I think if you want to play Tau, you need to start your list with six tetras. And then, if you somehow need to drop two, you can make it. Mm -hmm. But I don't like this list. No, I don't think their team did either. <laughs> but the Tau player was adamant that that is what he wanted to take. So, yeah. He did. <laughs> yep, so he did. <laughs> and then there's the team that ended up third, which is Igshai, which, which I love yes. love the name. Yeah. I, I'm sure David also loves it. And yeah, they should have won best name. So there's a different approach to Tau first, Farsight with two cold stars, 30 bridges in three fishes, Six, uh, six free free crisis, four hounds, ten pathfinders, two solo piranhas, three stealths, and two times two tetras. I think nowadays looking into tau builds like this, or I think we're currently playtesting six. Uh, I mean, three reptiles, three ghost kills. Just looking if anything sticks within tau is the yeah. way to do it. But I still think the army just hates the transport meta because it has no good way of dealing with transports. No, and doesn't. if you're even shooting your cyclics into that rhino, you feel miserable by when you lose some crisis killing a rhino. So you lose yeah. point equivalent of a rhino when killing a rhino. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, any orcs have trucks. All CSM have rhinos. Eldar have some tanks. Votan. Um, Votan's full of transports. Yeah, is also sisters yeah. also, and then you yeah. go and on and on. 
Seike, it's just all mech. Yeah, there's just there's a bit too much. Iron Storm being prevalent as Marines. Yeah, like the Tau. I think this meta Tau is just bad for Tau. Yeah. Uh, then there's another take on Eldar, which is quite... That's Brian's list, that's what I played. Yeah, uh, this is... You just take two spinners, then Raveguard, get the classic Otters, Farseer, Fugan, Spiritseer, Incarn, with six small units for mission play. In this yeah. case being 15 Hogs, 10 Spiders, and 3 Shroud Runners. I quite like the Shroud Runners, just for the first turn. Um... If you're playing a list that some people might get 95, it can then get 96 because you get the first turn um, behind and not behind enemy lines. Uh, homers. homers, yeah. So I quite like the tech piece of the shrouds. Other than that, pretty standard. Yeah. Then moving forward, we have the classic, more ignite version of. CSM. So it's three lords with three times chosen in three rhinos, and they have three times five rubrics with one forge feet, two oblits, five talons, nerglings, and Slesk. Yeah. So this, is so this is something that I very similar thing to what I played against when Liam played it. It feels awful to play against it as Botan. I generally do not recommend when you lose 1,300 points of your army in one turn. If it is yeah. a little bit bike breaking, uh, but yeah, nothing to talk about. Then we have Voten, which is flying here champions, Cal, 20 warriors, six Sagittars, 15 Berserks, 15 Harfguard, and two times three pioneers. I kind of like this version more than just 30 warriors because what I felt from the games I've played that I usually didn't have many units that could deal with something behind the wall or I couldn't put enough pressure with just go, getting turn one and rushing all the sags and with Bezerics I can actually apply more pressure by going first yes like uh, our triple wraith guard played that and actually the berserkers do keep the wraith guard a little bit more at bay um at least to, I think we still won that game, but it stops it being a complete whitewash. Because, I, yeah, I think the I think three units of Berserkers is where I would go, especially on WTC terrain. And probably double half guard is where I would go as well. Yeah. Then we have Iron Storm. Exactly the same list that we've seen before. Yeah, it's the same as Marines, three times three plasma scepters, dark shout, three redemptors, three times five scouts, three whirlwinds, Kalidus. You guys surely tested different ideas. And then you have Necrons, which are different with only 20 warriors, 10 Lich Guard, 10 Praetorians, but and the regular support stuff with like Oricon. Technomancer, Reanimator, Ghost Dark, but also Tesseract Dark, which I haven't Tesseract seen Dark. in a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Last don't know time I've seen them was in ninth. But yeah, that's all of those lists. But I want to give you one list from Pyra mm -hmm. that we brought in our team. And I want to see your reaction because Duda was like fourth highest scoring player with this list 
I don't know if you had the pleasure to see it. No, I've not seen but, the uh, Iron List. So let's start with it. Outer Quay Leaper with Phoenix Gem, Hugon, Visarch, Incarn, Troopmaster, Eve Rain. Mm -hmm. Then there's Wave Serpent, Falcon, Falcon, Fire Dragons, Night Spinner, Shroud Runners, Five Hawks. 11 players, 5-5 five, five players. That's definitely testing. Um, so, he was highest scorer on our team. Hmm. Feels very 4th edition. Uh, I've not seen that many Falcons in a while. Uh, I'd, I'd have to see it on table. Uh <laughs> Like it's, the fact that there's fire dragons out of all yeah. things, yeah. And I actually saw Duda play it, and it slaps. And I okay. genuinely, when looking at the list, like you know, it's still Eldar, but it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense at all. But and after Duda the event, very... and I think it's like Duda is like 15 reps in with this army. Right. And he loves wow. research. He actually thinks it's one of the best models he included in the list. So I can't even picture what the visage looks like. <laughs> I literally can't think of what it looks like. Yeah. So that's, that's just some, that's just something that you need to look for, and maybe you guys will figure it out. I genuinely would try to give you a, an example how it works, but I don't really know fully. I know it's just. <laughs> It's just Duda being tired of Raveguard, and he thinks Raveguards have more butt bearings than his list. So, God bless yeah, him. Uh, yeah, I think the, the the general theme of talking to a lot of Eldar players at the moment is the games are very much... When I talked to Brian after the event, he was just like, I literally played the same game every time with Eldar. It's very boring. The Eldar is kind of... Unless you go... Uh, Experimental like that, the Eldar lists are very similar. Uh, I think they're kind of in a bit of a boring place at the moment. And it's one of those, while super powerful, everybody's getting or has reps into them. So, so I guess he's done quite well because nobody knows how to play that version of Eldar. But so he won 16-4 against one of our national team players on the World Eaters. 14-6 against Guard from Team Germany. 15-5 against the Polish national team CSM player. Then 20-0 Guard from Belgium. And won 19-1 against World Eaters. Okay. Well, yeah, I can see World Eaters have a problem, depending on what the World Eaters list is. Visage giving you five first is a very painful thing for one Dieters. Yeah, what can she join? Troop units. Troops. Yeah, okay. Yeah, five first is. Yeah, against world Dieters, that's very painful. But yeah, uh, it's just food for thought. I okay. really like this list. And I, with Duda being the pioneer of certain ideas like Fugan, uh, whenever he finds something weird, which surely doesn't look good on paper, I'll gladly make it more visible because, you know, yeah, I think um, being very biased. No, I think it's that is 
what teams allows you to do a lot more is be creative. Um, I think she also won singles with this list, just so you know. Oh, fair enough. Uh, he's just the master of armies, then. Um, yeah, like Tony's team who ended up coming joint fourth, they came sixth, but joint fourth, uh, on points. Yeah. Um, they took a lot more creative, interesting lists. Like Tony had impulses filled with, um, literally, they've gone from the meta in like three months. What are they called? Indirect guys. Desolators. <laughs> Desolators, thank you. He had Desolators in those, and he actually thought they were quite good. He was trying out Talon Masters, things like that, seeing if they're good. Tony's very much one of those players who, by the time, if he plays for the WTC this year, if he's on Marines, he'll have played absolutely every single unit from that codex up until the event to then go, I know what's really good, I'll take this. Where some people get the Eldar list and tweak 200 points of it, but play the same version every time. And I think with us having, what, seven months to the event, eight months yeah. or nine months, I cannot into math. Like, yeah, you should be not playing the cookie-cutter armies. Right Everyone now. knows that. But then again, obviously, that's the argument we have where our, our tournament circuit and your tournament circuit, one's much better for the teams than the others. Like, you guys play yeah. more team events, you guys play WTC, you play WTC scoring. We have a very active single scene which pushes you to get big egos and play certain armies because you if you want to win these 350,000 man events or whatever we have, you pretty much have to take Eldar. You just have to play sisters. Sisters are very good. Uh, I've been looking at them quite a lot because I've been painting a shitload of sisters at the moment for Robbo. Uh, granted, most of the stuff I've been painting is not meta. I did not enjoy having to put... Uh, 27 penitent engines and mortifiers together from Chinese Restic. Um, that wasn't fun. And I'm painting them right now. And then nine war suits. I'm like, well, you're never going to use more than three of these. But uh, anyway, he wants everything available. And he bought it under ninth. So it's a lot. Uh, I, I do the same. Yeah, fair. Uh, yeah, it's definitely one of those. I've been looking at a lot of sisters' lists, and I actually really, really like them. I mean, they've got a lot of whether you I just take... played with them today mm. in TTS. So I'm taking them against French screen, like taking them to an event in two weeks and in a month and in five weeks. So mm. gonna get reps. I'll definitely hit you up about where you are with lists and things like that. Because obviously the first time I wrote a couple of lists, they're very cookie-cutter, triple exorcist, two castigators, three arco-flagellants characters, like one battle sister squad. It's like that. Yeah. It seems a bit generic. Maybe there's more options in there. Yeah, but this can transition us nicely to the only question we got for this week's show, which, by the way, if you are listening and you want to propose topics for those shows or for additional ones we might just record with Pumba being here. It's not only going to be the bi-weekly shows I imagine sometimes. You can hit up, up on the Patreon. Everything is in the description. 
And then when you join the Discord, you can freely shoot us questions. Obviously, we answer usually the YouTube ones, but the Discord ones have priority if we are starved on time or we went overboard with the whole episode. But that, that's the only question that I got from Team Netherlands. Chris, what's, what role do you see sisters playing in teams? And I want to hear, hear it from you, Nathan, because I'm biased as fuck. <laughs> Um, so I think we're sisters at the moment. Looking, uh, I've seen, I know Vic, Vic took them to an event recently and he enjoyed them. They definitely feel like they can definitely blunt a lot of armies. They have some of the best indirect in the game. Actually, bar, yeah, bar maybe, actually piece to piece, I think they do have the best indirect. Just night spinners are really good because you have a young card. Um, they've got a lot of great cheap options. They've got a lot of MSU. Great characters like the the um, Saint Celestine's amazing. Being able to get back up is just part of the better units in the game now. She's the only character in Sisters that can fail to back up. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those good army ability, good cheap units. Flagellants are great for their points. Feel no pain. Being able to do a lot of attacks. I think I would use them as maybe more of a I don't know if I want to say put forward, but like middle ground, put forwardy, blunty. Have the odd game that they're maybe favoured in. But I don't see them getting too badly smashed, but also not smashing too many yeah. people. I, I think the, like you can make an argument with them being a defender, but them being an early defender means someone not can fair. throw away their butt armies. Yes, that's the that is sometimes you'll see us be like, you can't really put that forward first because then you go, which two armies have the worst matrix? Go play for a draw, and then we've got one of our dead fish out of the R matrix. I think the only other thing with sisters is when it comes to say WTC or other such things for events now they have a bit of a premium in people have never either played them or don't know how to play them. WTC it's sometimes you get to a case if you, if you get two or three reps into a list you go okay yeah so say for example Poland takes sisters or Germany takes sisters or whoever you go, okay, well, a couple of the top teams are taking sisters. Let's get some reps into them. Okay, I kind of know what we're doing now. Whereas... With them not getting a codex, I think their situation is not as great as well because mm -hmm. there is not as much available in that index, I think. No, so if I you've was played a little bit into one of the lists, it will translate mostly into others, which wasn't a thing with, say, Necron's being played by Liam Hackett last time, mm. or people who will not play against the unending swarm or however it's called in it will not know how to play against it. And if you do not know how to play against it, you'll clock out, not the Nitz player. You will clock out. So. Yes. Yeah. 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 But I think they're in a good place. I, again, like we said earlier, there is like 
teams are in a fantastic place right now where you actually have a variety of options. It's just having the players playing certain yeah. options. I, I don't think there was ever a situation that was that good in terms of teams. With how much I recall eight building eight months. Five months, I think, is a little bit more rough. Sure. Yeah. But eight months, I feel, is way more open. The very end of ninth edition was good. But then, I mean, I'm talking like the last two months before the 10th edition book came out. After, but then, obviously, it came out. So we never really got to see any super major team events other than the mm -hmm. last ITT in England, uh, where. There was a good variety of armies that were very competitive, but yeah, but, uh, yeah. And right now is very good for teams, and it seems like if the nids or marines are a good indication, the codex creep we've had of definitely ninth edition hopefully is not a thing, or yeah, will be dealt with a lot quicker. But at the same time, the first codexes of ninth were also not as powerful. So. That is true. So hashtag Joshua. Let's hope. Uh, I, I, I hope. Yeah. If, if it happens. Yeah. Anyway, with not many questions happening and us just running through the events, I think there's, we do not really have a topic for next two weeks because I don't think there's any team events with the Winter Team Championships not happening finally. There will be, it will be just before Atlanta. So we'll see. Maybe we'll touch a little bit upon Atlanta with their lists, how we see that developing. Maybe there we can a, look at... Yeah. There's a team event in Cardiff this weekend, which uh, I think there's one or two Team England teams, Team Igniter taking a team. So at least we'll have a little bit of that to fall back on if we are. Yeah, but I would like... And this is like an open question to people listening or later in the podcast or now live to look at Atlanta and group the ideas by a country. Because I think we can see the different metas even in a meta like this kind of be seen with how the teams are collaborating within themselves. I think that one would be very interesting to see even in a singles meta of nations will look differently at it granted sure. from poland we only have one person coming so there's not gonna be much of polish beta mm. but other countries i know will have few players coming over and i hope it's not just csm because in my opinion if you want to win this event you just go for csm interestingly eldar's coming out on top a little bit more than csm recently here anyway um, but Eldar can be countered, <laughs> and yes, CSM, I don't think so. No, that is true. Yeah, the, the singles matter a little bit now at the moment is it's a little bit more, if you want to win, it's a little bit CSM or Eldar. Um, like, for example, Josh was at Hellstorm this weekend, which had cash prizes, which I'm personally not a fan of. I don't know what the wider community feels about cash prizes. Um, Josh was part of an eight-man Masters event on the Saturday, and then you go into the Sunday 120-man event. Basically, if you play, you play three games, you take three wins going into the event. 
So Josh got to the final for the Masters and lost to Alex Petford, who's a former Team England player, and then got mm -hmm. to the final of the 120-man event and also lost the final to Alex Petford. So it was Eldar versus Eldar and then Eldar versus Eldar. So there is still very much a singles meta of Eldar are quite dominant. At least the old Josh took a slightly different Eldar list, but it just did. The dice were not in his favor that time. Okay. Uh, anything to add? No. On the closing notes? Then thank you for listening, and hopefully, I'll make this one on Spotify earlier than a week afterwards. Nice. <laughs> See you. Say goodbye, guys. Let's sleep. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.